Oh, he's gone. Oh, the board's fallen over. You, you can cut that bit out. <laughs> it's like follow the yellow brick road and then the, the, the behind the curtain, it's all the magic's been revealed. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I, I do, yeah. I'm just letting you sort yourself out. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to put your posters back up. It's going to be a continuity nightmare, this. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Welcome, everybody. This is Sheer Isolation. Thank you for joining us. Over the next half hour, we will be doing our best to promote the local music scene. I will be trying to keep Kieran off okay. politics for the most part. But I might let him loose on it again towards the end of the show, like last time, because that was hilarious. <laughs> Are you all right this week, Kieran? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, I'm very good. Rushing back to get home for the podcast so I can greet you with a smile. I had to change my T-shirt, so I've got on my Mongol Horde T-shirt. Which is Frank Turner's metal persona. And it's the, it's the Milo goes to college version. Now, for people who've been listening to, to us or watching us over the last few months, you know that every week we have a, a guest on and we try to get uh, a different angle from the local music scene and the local art scene just to show just how many people are having to deal with a very difficult year. This week, we have uh, got ourselves a club DJ. So DJ John Musto, who's uh, quite well known around Gloucester's nightclub, but does, does shows all over the place. He's going to be joining us on this show, just talk about the lack of a nightclub scene this year. I, he has just recently done a, a gig in the last week, his first gig of the year. So we'll talk to him about that and a few other things as well. Uh, it's, it's just nice to hear from so many angles, because I think with all the news that we hear, people just kind of lose track that it's not just musicians who are moaning. It, there's an entire industry group. and network yeah it's interesting with the dj as well because um it's not something i don't go clubbing so i don't ever think about that but obviously that is a huge proportion there's probably more djs in this country than there are gig venues so because you can be a dj anywhere can't you there's djs literally i, I see they used to have them in devices at the old crown at the bell by the green you know at the salabar there's djs everywhere so it's a huge part of the industry, which just because I, I don't deal with it doesn't mean to say it's not valid. It is incredibly valid and relevant. Right. Um, <laughs> on last week's show, we, we very briefly touched on about streaming services and we said we would report back on some findings of yeah. how much artists actually earn when, when you listen to them on a streaming site. So, Kieran, you managed to find a chart. I'm not sure how old or, or where the chart came from, but they, it lists the, the top eight streaming services available in the UK and, and it ranks them. I was quite surprised to see, to see that Amazon gives out the most money at yes. one tenth of one penny per stream. Which That's is, generous, aren't they? Which is the, the best rate. It's incredible, isn't it? Nine tenths of the penny is the best rate. That's madness. Uh, and I'm, then working downwards, it then goes Tidal, Apple, Deezer, Google, Spotify, Pandora, and YouTube is at the bottom with just over, just over one tenth of a penny. That is absolutely shocking, isn't it? It's just, I can't, you, you, it just boggles my mind that how they can pay so little. Well, I, I like the way on, on, on this chart, it shows you the equivalent of number of streams for one hour's UK minimum wage. And to, to earn that through YouTube, you need 7,267 plays to earn the equivalent of one hour's minimum wage pay. That's madness. Compared to Amazon, which is 970, which... Is a big improvement, it's still, but it's still 970. Well, it's like a, it's like a 700 percent improvement, isn't it? <laughs> Which is also crazy. And then I wonder why I'm musicians don't that. have money. 
Yes. We, we should probably play a track and, and get one of these hardworking <laughs> artists. Some money. We'll get tenth some of a penny per listener. And um, <laughs> on last week's show, we had Sean McGowan, and we haven't actually played any of his songs. So we thought a week late, we will play one of his tracks. Uh, so if you want to listen back to Sean, that was on last week's show. I thought we'd play Cup of Tea, if that's right with you, Kieran. Yeah, that sounds good. I was literally going to say, which one are you going to play? Yeah, that's a really good tune. Excellent. Cup of Tea, Sean McGowan. You're grafting, working late again Overtime you're raking in And bubble, bubble, money, trouble Got you on the ropes again Treading on thin ass again Your love life is suffering Look to Daisy, you old ladies And the number nine in the boss man's a I've just saw full dodged ya Karen, have you got any product placement today? I do. Stuff behind you. You may remember a few months back, I would ordered a record and I, I said like oh, nothing due to come, and then I'd forget all about it, and inevitably one would turn up. Well, that's that's exactly what happened. So this is a record I ordered. I ordered it through the band, but it's 
it's Gwent Music Collective. So it's a South Wales music collective um, and they put out music by South, well- South Welsh artists. And Stay Voiceless is one of the bands that have played for me. They played one of my last gigs prior to lockdown supporting New Pagans from Northern Ireland. The real Celtic thing going on there. And this was their vinyl, their 12 inch. It's for fans of Manic Street Preachers and big riffs and rock tunes. And it's come out on this lovely white, bone white vinyl. And it's a really superb album. I think I grew up with, they're roughly the same age as me. Um, I'm 37. I think we grew up with similar tastes in music. You know, Idlewild, Placebo, Manic Street Preachers. And they've just created a rock record that's the sum of all of their influences. Um, so it's bang right up my alley. Um, they're such lovely people, which for me is a really, you know, I, I can separate art from artists, but I prefer not to. The Smiths being an example. I, I love the Smiths, but I hate Morrissey. Uh, but I love the, the gang that make up Stay Voiceless. It's time for us to introduce our guest this week, who is DJ John Musto, who's a Gloucester-based club DJ. It's an area that we don't really think about for sheer music or sheer isolation because we, neither of us are really that big on the nightclub and, and the DJ scene, but they have the exact same issues that the rock and Indian pop musicians of this world are having at the moment. So Perhaps even worse so because of the PRS related to it. He'll cover it in the interview in a minute, but um, a, a lot of people have been hearing about Facebook are, are banning streams, etc. Now, what they actually meant was is they were banning almost specifically DJs, musicians could still perform on there because they're performing their own music. It's people playing other people's music. What's the problem? It's all those tenths of a pennies that they, they need to make sure they're paying people. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, and I, I, this, this is my rant this week, because PRS are, are an absolutely terrible organisation because you pay your money from your gig or whatever, and then what do they do? They, you know, they don't actually pay the artist that performed or the DJ that performed. They don't, they don't go, oh, what's your set list? You know, they don't get them from the DJs. What music do they play? They go, oh, you're a DJ. You're playing now. You therefore must be probably more likely playing Ed Sheeran. So we'll give the money to Ed. What they don't actually say, is like, you could have been playing some throbbing gristle from Sheffield early 80s dance scene and you could have hung a whole night, paid your PRS and not a single artist from that would have got the penny for any of that money. Thank you, Kieran. Let's get the interview going. <laughs> anyway, yeah, over to the interview. It's been a very unusual year. Just had my first gig in seven months, actually, uh, previous Saturday. And to put that into some kind of perspective, uh, on one of the promotions that I do, we would expect to have about 500 people come through the door. And we actually had 50 people um, in our new COVID restrictions. So this year has been, I think, about DJs kind of looking at how they can get their DJ fix and how they can continue to do that. A lot of DJs have tried streaming on various platforms to various degrees. Yeah. To various degrees of success as well. Obviously people who've who've chosen to jump on platforms like Facebook and Instagram of, um, you know, face being closed down in the middle of their sets because obviously it's not a music licensed uh, platform. Um, So DJs have sought other platforms uh, such as Twitch TV, which is just absolutely massively blown up for DJs and then some DJs have chose to go along the route of still enabling the the artist to get some sort of performance rights out of that and they've gone along the mixed cloud route. I, I think from what you've been saying John um, there's going to be so many similarities to what Kieran experiences because Kieran organizes gigs for rock for indie pop bands in various venues across which it's so many similarities from what you were saying about just needing that fix I'll, I'll let Kieran jump in on that I'm sure he's got something to say. 
Well, it's, yeah, absolutely. That's the fix. It's because um, I, I find that music is very social. It brings people together. Now, I was just thinking um, then about DJing is very different to watching a band. Actually, in theory, I can go out and socially watch a band. That is still technically a, a possible. Can you do that with a DJ? Can you literally go and watch a band, a, a DJ? Or is it a, a more immersive experience? I think, I think things what everyone's struggling from, whether it's live music or whether it's sort of a DJ playing sort of recorded music, in effect, is the seated element of yes. not being able to get up and express themselves through dance, yeah. through, you know, whatever like that. So it was very, it was an interesting social experiment DJing on Saturday, seeing that concept. And of course you've got people like, you know, your doorman, your, your door safe security, uh, members of the bar staff having to then kind of police this. So it is quite mm. a different environment and some people get it straight away. Uh, some people, you know, don't get it and they try to, you know, sort of think they know better and, you know, argue the toss. Um, so it is, it is, it's a really difficult environment. Then if you put yeah. alcohol in that mix, it can, yeah, become, right. it can become quite a contentious matter. But it is, it's very difficult. And I think for the venues that are opening now, and they are in very limited supply, big concert venues are obviously not, we're not getting to the state of having any festivals or anything like that. But the smaller venues that are, are opening are having to almost retrain people into what, is acceptable now and it is it's, you know it's a different animal you don't sort of get that uh, from a performance point of view as a dj or you know a band member you're not getting that energy which a yeah, lot right. of performers that that's what they vibe off that's you know yeah. that's that thing that's that that's that fix that they're missing because even with a stream you know you can have a chat room you can have lots of uh, interaction on that but it's not the same how has streaming worked for the DJs? So you've just said then about chat rooms. I've got a friend who does DJing and devises. She talks through her streams and she talks to interact with people on the, on the chat room. But obviously you can't, like you say, you can't see their faces. So they may well be in their kitchens, cooking dinner, having a rave. Right. But you can't see that. I think for me, I'm quite fortunate. I've also worked in radio for 20 years. So I'm very fortunate. So I, I'm used to playing music in a box and having interaction Okay. but through different forms. But I would think from the, the DJ, that DJ's in a club, I would have thought that's quite a, a hard experience to learn and to find out. Mm-hmm. It's difficult as well, because when you're just concentrating on playing music, then all of a sudden you've then got to look at a chat room, you've then got to respond. Yeah. I mean, some DJs don't pick up a microphone. Their energy is produced through the music. So, right. you know, again, it's a learning curve for everyone. We were talking about, you know, all the additional people that go into making an event a success. I yeah. mean, if you're playing at a festival, it's not just, you know, the festival organisers, it's all the, it's all the crew that, that actually install yeah. that, that yeah. installation, all the PA yeah. crew, etc. Yeah, yeah. Light, lighting, visuals, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, catering, stagehands. I mean, yeah. it's just a multitude of, yeah. of people and industries that that affects. So that ripple effect goes out and um, printers, you know, for people who print flyers or print, yeah. you know, printed book, you know, it's it's a multitude of industries which have, have been affected. I know you've got a lot of contacts in the DJ world, not just in the UK, because you, you do go off to other countries to, to, to perform as well. Have you heard from from the guys in the rest of Europe? Are they following a similar path to what's happening in the UK at the moment? It's, it is interesting. I think where they may have benefited is through the climate and where some uh, of the smaller venues had opened up outside seating and things like that. DJs and venues have had to sort of reinvent themselves. So we were a little bit fortunate. We had a good summer and during sort of just after lockdown, 
yeah. some smaller venues who had outside seating were maybe piping music, not necessarily had live DJs or bands, because at that time you you might, you might not have been able to, but some venues that had outside um, seating were able to do smaller events. So those that are abroad and have got that that they're very fortunate with their climate, they've probably got back to some form of gigging before we have in the UK. But it is to the point of some promoters were thinking they were going to hold their events and they're they're holding off, holding off, thinking we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and then you know if the cases have gone up or the government have changed in whatever country, then that might have been locked down and they're then having to say to people in the UK, we're going to travel to their events. Sorry, guys, we're going to have to roll this over. Most of them have rolled over to next year. And that's truly, it's truly fascinating what you've just said about the climate, because you know what, that is, again, that's not something that even crossed my mind. I, you could potentially have your little cage, like they've got at the Newcastle race course, a little cage where you've got the artists on the, on the, in the stadium, on the stage, and you're at the little cage, you can dance and drink and go crazy. You're fine. Well, they were talking about, I mean, you won't be able to do the drinking thing, but they were talking about the drive, like driving cinemas and driving concerts and stuff like that. And I, and it was a concept which in talking to people, I thought, you know what, I might actually go to that. But I yeah. think at that point I was climbing the walls because I hadn't yeah. had that outlet. And then you kind of think, would well, I want to go and see a band in my car? And I, you can't dance in your car you know it's, it's, it's very very difficult so how okay. you put people in a box and that doesn't sound nice but how you actually would do that you would need an element of outside or a large venue or an outside space to be able to do that could you do it safely is you know it's very very difficult and once people had that freedom to maybe move around and, and dance and express themselves a little bit would they start then pushing the boundaries and try and i know it sounds funny, certainly. Outside, of their, <laughs> outside of their box and if you put alcohol in the mix then most definitely you know you're going to get that release when people get the chance to party like i said the weekend was very much evident of that to me people are dancing and then all of a sudden well people should be seated and then all of a sudden they're dancing so it's just they're feeling the music, they're feeling the beat and they want to sort of get up and do, they want to express themselves through music. Yeah. You, you did briefly mention that you've had 20 years in radio. And I'm guilty of that as well on and off through various uh, guises. But you're, you're quite heavily involved with uh, GFM in, in Gloucester, aren't you? Um, yeah. Now, the, this, this podcast gets syndicated on several local radio stations. Um, so I won't dwell too much on that to, to fear of annoying the others. But um, do, do you want to just tell us, because it's, it's got a real focus for kind of uh, black music and, and yeah. reggae, and, and that's, yeah. that's quite a, a popular vibe in Gloucester, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're celebrating our 20th year this month in October. So that's massive for us. I mean, we're a community radio station, so we are made up of volunteers, 80 volunteers. And initially, those 21 years ago, when the concept of this station was, was put into focus, it was to, to cover that music, uh, music of black origin, that wasn't being you know that there wasn't an outlet for it really on radio there were an occasional show and certainly locally within Gloucester we had Ivan O'Campbell who used to broadcast on Seven Sound um, of Adney Campbell who used to broadcast on the BBC in Gloucester but that was it so you were getting an hour or two hours a week and there was a real sort of need for it within within the city so a, a committee was formed and they looked to set about what do we need to do to get a license to broadcast this music they went through four years of RSL, so Restricted Service Licence Broadcast, licensed that given by Ofcom. And uh, with the community radio licences, if you do do commercials, you're only entitled to have a percentage of your income uh, via uh, advertising. Because when they set that sector up, before you had the BBC, you had commercial radio, and then you've got community, that's the three tiers of radio. Commercial were very, very concerned about 
community radio coming in and undercutting them on uh, an advertising scale. So there are percentages as to what your income can be. As somebody who's based in Gloucester, I think, Kieran, um, we, we've spoken about this before on the podcast, we, we don't really hear much noise coming out of Gloucester in terms of local um, music and bands. It, it's either not very big musically Gloucester, or it's just not very good at promoting itself as, as a city for music. What's your take of someone that actually lives there and, and breathes it? I mean, Gloucester is an incredibly creative city. I mean, I think it's, it's multicultural. So it's, you know, it's got all of those facets and elements in there. And musically, it's, it, it can be quite diverse. I think Gloucester has suffered like a lot of smaller cities and towns by a lot of the venues over the years. You know, I even, you know, herald back to the years when I used to help indie bands as such as a DJ. I'd be like a warm-up DJ for a band. You know, a lot of the venues started to close down. So pubs up, people used to be able to gig in and stuff like that became... Tesco Express, not wishing to name them, or they became flats, or they became things like that, and and a lot of the the gigging venues closed down, so that was difficult. Gloucester still got a lot, you know, a lot of talented people. It's probably the fact about them getting out and and how they actually promote themselves. The same could be said for sort of like DJs and things like that as well. But it is, you know, it is a, a talented city. One of the venues that I play at cafe rennie in gloucester every friday night they'd have live music just such a creative outlet they'd have festivals through the course of the year rhythm and blues festival in july every year a massive seven-day festival that would have people in traveling from all around the country to play at, at, at this um, this week-long festival and, and probably also the reason why it's perhaps not necessarily known this far south as it were because we're a little we're a few miles beneath you but actually you've got cheltenham next to you and stroud so actually, you're probably all your own close-knit community, a bit like how Bath and Bristol is. Yeah, I mean, I liken Gloucester very much to sort of Bristol in, in regards to music, really. As yeah. I said, it's, it's, it's multicultural city and a lot of the music is layered and is, could have different undertones. So, you know, you might have a, you know, like a hip hop guys who'd like hip hop, but they've got like reggae undertones in their music. And it's all because of the, you know, the multicultural um, city that they've grown up in. John, you picked a track for us. Uh, am I pronouncing it right? Gillespie and Co featuring Raphaelia? Yeah, so it's Raphelia. So um, Raphelia is uh, a lady who's from Boston, but she resides in Gloucester. And uh, Gillespie is Mr. Andrew Gillespie, who's a DJ, music producer, uh, and musician himself. And um, they've collaborated together. This record itself was put out on a Detroit uh, label called Funk Night Records. And yeah, it's uh, called He's a Hustler. So it's Gillespie and Co. featuring Raphelia. Thought he was the one for me. 
plays his game across the USA. He started in Miami, then moved to Santa Fe. In Detroit, he broke two hearts, three more in Chicago. Sisters leave this guy alone, need to love him, Bono. He's devious, can't be trusted. Call the law and get him busted. Said he's devious, can't be trusted. Call the law and get him busted. find it fascinating how you're you're so passionate and inoffensive about music but anything else oh it's a sham i hate these people it's a sham it's a it's a it's a it's a racket prs is a racket this brings me on to something that happened in last week's show where you went off on a spectacular rant about uh, the government's treatment of the art sector i didn't yeah. really get a chance to to balance us out which for, for fm content we should be doing in the last you week, did try you tried in the last week, we have put out some feelers on social networks and, and we're going to put this out to, to the radio as well. That If there's anybody in the local music scene who would want to come on as a guest and support the government, you are welcome to, just so we've got that alternative viewpoint. I promise I won't shout at you, but I will treat you with respect and I'd like to ask you some very serious questions and we can talk about it like adults. You don't have to fall out and you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> It's a joke. I set myself up. It's a joke. Have you got any news you wanted to cover this week, Kieran? The big news. The big news this week. So we covered it last week briefly and we said the ACE, so Arts Council England, um, announced which venues did and did not get their funding. It probably is worth, if you're genuinely interested, go to the Arts Council England website and look up the spreadsheet. You can download the spreadsheet. All of this information is public information. Nobody can hide how much they um, were given. What's what we're really interesting to know is how, what they applied for and what they were given. Because initially, when the announcements came out, Comedia got what they asked for, Cheese and Grain got what they asked for, um, uh, Wiltshire Media Centre got what they asked for, The Pound in Caution got what they asked for. My timeline was full up of success stories. It did seem like everybody got what they asked for. However, when I looked into it a little bit deeper, or when I Googled searched it, I discovered that an awful lot of places got proportion of what they needed or what they asked for some got more than what they asked for they got they you know got money exceeding their expectations some got zip zero this is a story that's gone up and down the country actually there's loads of places institutions that are not getting funding like i think t.s Eliot's one of his poet societies that he started decades and hundred well, hundred years ago decades ago that's not got any funding so that's probably going to fold this ACE money didn't just go out to music, it went out to all arts, and there is going to be some big losses. Hopefully, by the end of the week, stroke month, we will have a much better understanding of what 2021, 2022 is going to look like. But there's definitely going to be some winners, there's definitely going to be some losers. Um, without a shadow of doubt, the industry was never going to be the same again. And on that far more serious note compared to last week, we are going to have to leave it. If anybody <laughs> does want to get in touch, isolation at gmail.com. Send us any tracks, send us any news, get, get in touch if you want to be part of the show uh, in future weeks. We will leave it at that, Kieran. Thank you for yes. being so insightful as, uh, as ever. Rock and roll. Pleasure. Thank you for listening, See everybody. You. Thank you for watching us. Don't forget you can find us on uh, local radio stations. You can find us on YouTube, find us on streaming services. We're here every week. Ciao. See you next week. Bye. Ah, I just got clawed by the cat. <laughs>